Hey, good morning, Journey, and welcome back to church. We're so grateful that you are with us today on this Sunday morning or whatever day you might be tuning in. We have not been able to gather together inside a building for church since Sunday, March 8th. This is now Sunday number 11 that we've been doing online church. Uh, But I can't tell you how grateful I am every Sunday at 8, 9.30, 11, throughout the week as people tune in. Um, As one of the pastors at our church, I cannot tell you what it does for my heart to know that you care about and are tending to your spiritual growth. Think about it this way. If you said on March 8th uh, that you were not going to eat again until your favorite restaurant opened, um, you would have been really hungry by the time May rolled around. And if you said uh, on March 8th, I'm not going to work out again until my gym opens, um, you might have been getting a little soft uh, in in your body by the month of May. And if you said, hey, I'm not going to worship or be engaged in learning the word and asking the Holy Spirit to check my heart until the church is until the church is open and we can gather again, you really probably would have taken a step back spiritually. So the fact that you said, listen, the building is closed, but this activity, worshiping, getting in the word, asking the Holy Spirit to convict me, to cleanse me, to know me, um, tells me how much you care about your spiritual growth. And I just want you to know I'm filled with gratitude that you that you are tuning in, but I cannot wait to get back together. We've got five opportunities. As we get ready um, to reopen our church, as our community slowly reopens, we've got five opportunities in June that you're going to be able to take part of to be able to get back into our building. We are releasing at noon today. Today, but not until noon, because if we released it right now, you would quit paying attention to the message and you would just read all the things you can do. So I'm going to go over them briefly, then we're going to send out an email, and at noon, this link to the website will go live. Here's what's happening. Beginning June 7th, our building is going to be open for normal services. It will be um, at a socially distanced, condensed capacity. But beginning Sunday, June 7th, here's what you're going to see, five opportunities for you to be, be a part of gathering at our church. Sunday, June 7, uh, we will meet on site for services at 8, 9.30, and 11 a.m. Now, to allow us to clean the building in between those services, we're going to be doing something that's brand new. You'll be able to read about this. The 8 a.m. and the 11 a.m. will be at our main campus right here, right off of 150 Highway. The 9.30 a.m. service is going to be at Summit Christian Academy, not Summit Lakes Middle School. We're not able to get into the Lee Summit School District yet, but Summit Christian Academy. That'll be our 9.30 service. All will have live worship. All will have live teaching um, and preaching. At this time in the month of June, none of those services will have any child care offered with them. Uh, So those of you with young kids, you may continue watching online if you're most comfortable doing that. Your elementary students are more than welcome to sit in the auditorium with you and learn if you want to do that. Our prayer is that when the Lee Summit School District, the surrounding school districts begin to go back to school, that we'll be able to offer full-blown children's ministry like we always have. Right now, the date we're loosely hanging on to is June 29th. That's when kind of the second session of our local school district summer school begins. And right now, they're hoping to have kids in the building. When they have kids in the building, we will have children's ministry programming. But for the Sundays in June, 8, 9.30, and 11, on-site, There'll be socially distanced, less chairs, probably less people in the services, very much like our Christmas services. We'll ask you to go to this website 
and, and be able to see which services are filling up, which services have room. We'll be use, utilizing overflow environments. You will be utilizing some outdoor space. We know that the vast majority of our people probably will continue to do online church only until they're more comfortable and ready to come back. So we'll keep our online church service great. Uh, we'll keep our, our kids ministry online church product great. We'll make sure and minister well to you. Um, but on Sunday, June 7th, if you're ready to come back to church, we want you to come back and be in the building. 8 and 11 a.m. here, main campus, 9.30 a.m. Summit Christian Academy. That's just the first way you can get involved. Monday morning prayer, beginning June 8th. Also, we'll be in the building. It'll be socially distanced when the auditorium's full. We'll go to overflow rooms when overflow's full. Uh, we'll go outside, but Monday morning prayer, 6 a.m. Monday, Ju- uh, June 8th, will be open. We'd love for you to come pray with us in order to get ready for that. We will not pray tomorrow. Memorial Day, no Monday morning prayer, online or in person. And then June 1, we will also not have Monday morning prayer. We'll be resetting our auditorium and kind of rearranging our building to do church socially distanced. So June 1, we won't have Monday morning prayer, but June 8th, we'll be back in the building. And then June 10, Wednesday, June 10. So big week coming, the week of June 7. Uh, our student ministry will begin to gather in person again. It will be high school only. And then high school and middle school will rotate every two weeks until we can fit as many people in the building as we need to. So senior high students, Wednesday, June 10, we'd love for you to come and have student ministry in our building. That's one of the ways you can join us. Um, Another way to join us that maybe is just dipping your toes in the water a little bit, we are moving our daily prayer at noon on Facebook to our church building. Beginning June 1, you're going to be able to come to our church and pray. Um, And basically, we're going to have a room open that just allows you to begin to get into our building. We're going to have one of our rooms set up. We're going to have quiet music praying. And Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., you're going to be able to come for a personal kind of guided prayer time, take communion, spend 15 minutes, spend 30 minutes. We'll have a room with worship music, with guided prayer on the screen, with communion stations, um, just to allow you to come during your lunch break to get in the building, to sit alone, to pray. We're going to do that through the entire month of June, Monday through Thursday. So that'll allow you just to begin to get back in the building if you want to kind of get in without a bunch of people at first before you come on a Sunday morning. Uh, And then our last opportunity for you to begin to engage gathering um, this summer is what we're calling our Summer of Serving. We've taken our Love Week and we've said, let's do it every week of the year. So every week of the summer, uh, we'll we'll have serve opportunities that you can engage in. The first, I think, five or six weeks of summer are already open to sign up. If you and your small group, you and your family, you and a group of friends want to go to serve, um, if you want to serve Monday, June 1 or Wednesday, June 3, or anytime throughout the month of June, you can take your smartphone um, and text journey serve to 474747. Journey serve to 474747. We only have six spots available on Monday, June 1 and Wednesday, June 3. So smaller groups are going to have to serve. But if you say, man, I've been waiting with some of my friends to go serve, text this, sign up. When they're full, they're full. But every week of the summer, we'll have projects and partners that you can serve with. Now, here's one thing I'm going to ask of you. We're going to ask you in this season to give us the grace um, to be wrong because we are doing our very best to make decisions to love our church well, to keep our church healthy, to gather our church while being patient. We're, we're, we're making hard decisions in, um, in, in times where we don't always have all the information. So this, this is our plan today, and we think this will be our plan for June. But please give us the grace to be wrong 
Um, if you show up and you're the only person at a service, we'll be here with you, but um, give us the grace to know that we're working it out. If you show up and there are so many people you get turned away, give us the grace the next week to open another environment. This is a tough season, tough for us, tough for you, and we believe if we can work together, be gracious to each other, be patient with each other, that we can reopen well and really minister to our people the way that we think God is calling us to minister to our people. But if we can walk together through this, we think uh, hopefully midsummer, by the end of the summer, if our, if our world begins to get healthy, we can be moving forward as a church. Um, I, for one, cannot wait to see you on June 7, those of you who can make it uh, and are willing to come and sit in a building. It's, uh, it's going to be a great, great day, uh, a great homecoming uh, for so many of us just being able to, to be back together again, socially distanced, probably no handshakes or hugs, um, but at least being able to see each other eyeball to eyeball is going to be really, really good. Hey, we're in week two of a series called uh, One Another. Um, the goal of this season is to realize the importance, to realize the value of spiritual community. So, so valuable. Last week, Pastor Ryan, I thought gave an incredible message reminding us of the value and the importance of being together. Today, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. As you turn to Hebrews chapter 10, let me say thank you again to those of you who have been giving. It's so important in this time. If you go to our church and give and you're still making a paycheck, just be faithful. If you go to our church and you normally don't give, but you're making a paycheck, consider being generous. If you go to our church and you normally give, but you can't right now, let us know how we can help. You. We are in a position, a posture to serve. We just need you, need you to let us know what, uh, how we can help and what you need. So you can do that at the end of the service uh, by texting a special number to let us know what you need. It would be our absolute honor and joy to serve you. Here's the goal of today, really only one goal today, to learn how healthy spiritual community can keep you close to God. That is my goal, not just in a coronavirus season, in the best of times and the worst of times, my goal is to stay close to God. We're going to talk today about how spiritual community, how these biblical one another's can keep you close to God. Hebrews chapter 10 is going to be our textbook to guide us there as we jump into Hebrews chapter 10. Before we jump into Hebrews chapter 10, let's just pray briefly and ask that God would just open our hearts and speak personally to us wherever we are. So would you bow your heads wherever you are? Would you take a deep breath if you haven't done that yet today or this week? God, we pray that you would speak to us today. Would you pray that prayer wherever you might be today? Would you just take a deep breath? Would you pray that prayer? Whisper it to God. Say it out loud if you're alone and feel comfortable. Just say, speak to me today, Lord. God, we pray as you'd show us the value of healthy spiritual community. Show us how the love of Jesus allows us to have spiritual community and a relationship with the God of heaven. As we begin to make plans to regather in June, God, I pray you'd bless us. I pray that uh, you'd keep us healthy. I pray you give us success and impact as we gather. And Lord, we ask all those things today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen and amen. Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to realize today that when it comes to walking with God, it's Jesus' role to draw us close to God. It's our role to learn how to stay close to God. But then it's our spiritual community's role to really keep us close to God. You say, Christian, where do you, where do you learn all that? Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Here's what it says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, underline that, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, as as we right now have been forced to do, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Don't give up meeting together. Turn to someone who's with you today and, and say that to them. Don't give up meeting together. Just If you're by yourself, say it out loud. Don't give up meeting together. One more time. Don't give up meeting together. That's the admonition of scripture. Don't give up meeting together. I don't know about you, um, one of the things that I am most excited about for the world reopening is being able to go eat in restaurants. Um, I have been grateful to be able to eat a little bit of takeout. I have been grateful for all the meals that have been made at home and all the dishes we've been able to do. Um, but I would lie if I say I'm not anticipating sitting down in a restaurant and having someone bring the food, take the food, clean it up, and just pay and walk out when you're done, particularly a Mexican restaurant. Like, can I get an amen? What, what I've been waiting on since March 8th is to walk into a Mexican restaurant and to eat chips and salsa until my stomach explodes. Like, that's the experience I I've been waiting on. I could eat chips and salsa before every meal. I can't wait to go back. Every Mexican restaurant I go to, I eat way too many chips and salsa, and then I order the exact same thing, crispy tacos. I've learned in the world that I go to of Mexican restaurants, they don't know what a hard taco is. So it's not hard and soft. It's crispy and soft. Crispy tacos with ground beef, with cheese, with tomatoes, and of course, lettuce. Say say lettuce. Just turn to someone and say lettuce. If you're a little kid, go get it out of your parents' fridge. No, don't do that. Say, Say lettuce. Lettuce, lettuce, lettuce. Say, why, why are you having us say lettuce? Because lettuce is going to be really important in today's message. Um, not the vegetable, the phrase, let us. Because I don't know if you saw it, but in verse 22, in verse 23, and in verse 24, the author of Hebrews three times said, let us do something that's going to draw us to God, keep us close to God, and help us stay strong spiritually. So we're going to look at three types of lettuce today. And I think as we look at these three types of lettuce with a goal of learning how spiritual community, healthy spiritual community can help us stay strong spiritually, I think we're going to see Jesus, see how to lean into Jesus, and see how to stay close to Jesus. What's the first lettuce that we're going to look at? Lettuce number one, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God. Look at what the author of Hebrews says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in verses 19 through 22, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. Underline that yellow phrase. That's a real physical place on planet earth at the time that the author was writing this. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain. Underline those words, through the curtain. That again was a real curtain in the days that this letter was written. That is Jesus' body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us, there's the first one, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Now, this last line, that would have been very difficult for anyone who was receiving this letter to have. Complete assurance, full assurance that they could draw near to God. This book is called Hebrews. It's because it was written to Jewish Christians in the first century, and the Jews were known as a Hebrew people. So it was written to Hebrews. This book could have been called Christian Jews. It was written to Christian Jews, teaching them how to come close to God, and it was written to them 
to press them to hang on to Jesus because some of them were considering going back to ritualistic Judaism rather than Messianic Judaism, hanging on to Jesus as the Messiah. This crowd would have known about the temple as they moved into Jerusalem from wherever their pilgrimage would take them. This is taken kind of from the Mount of Olives looking southwest over Israel. They would have seen this massive temple complex. The Temple Mount is still there today. Now just the Dome of the Rock sits on it instead as they would have went and washed at the Pool of Siloam and then washed, walked up the steps of the temple they would have walked into the outer court and they would have seen this magnificent white temple that Herod would have built. But none of them would have ever gone inside if they weren't priests. And none of them would have ever gone to the most holy place if they weren't the high priest. See, when we tear the top off the temple and we look at the ministry that happened, we see that the priest would come and they'd wash in the basin. Then they'd go present their offering. Then they'd come back and they'd wash in the basin. Then they would go inside the temple and they would light the menorahs inside the temple. They would offer incense on the, the altar of incense. They would make sure the table of showbread was stocked. But then there would have been a veil running between the holy place And the most holy place. And only one time a year would usually one man, a generation, be able to go back on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and offer sacrifices for sin. Only one time would one man, usually only one man, a generation, a year, be able to be close to the presence of God. And now now the author of Hebrews is saying, all of us, all of us can go be close to the presence of God with full assurance that it's going to be okay. Why? Why? Because he said Jesus is going to take our hand and he's going to lead us through all these steps of ministry and he's going to walk us right up to the presence of God. He was writing to a people who their whole life had been kept from the presence of God. And now they were being invited with full assurance to go to the presence of God. You say, how did that happen? Only through Jesus. We've been invited and we've been enabled to draw close to God through a relationship with Jesus. And if you're watching and listening today and you say, I've always, if there's a God in heaven, I've always wanted to be close to him. I just didn't know I could. You've actually been invited to draw near to him. You've been enabled to draw near to him through his son, Jesus. The temple was a place where God's spirit could come down and rest on earth so that God could be on earth with the temple. But the cross, see, the temple allowed God to be on earth, but the cross allowed you to be in heaven. One day, and Jesus told his disciples in John twelve thirty two, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. He was speaking of the cross. Jesus says, when I am lifted up, the temple allows God's presence to dwell on earth, but the cross one day allows your soul to dwell in heaven. If you don't know Jesus, if you've not ever been connected to God, you, you can do that today. All you have to do is take Jesus' hand and say, where you lead, I will follow you. And where Jesus will take you is behind the curtain because of his death on the cross into the presence of God so you can be one with the God of creation. Let us draw near to God. That's lettuce number one. What's lettuce number two? Don't just draw near to God. Then the author of Hebrews is gonna say, don't just draw near to God. Let us stay close to God. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed this prayer for people who would follow him. He said, God, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is the truth. The word sanctify in John 17, 17 means setting apart. It means to take something that was here and to put it here. Very specifically, spiritually, it means this, to take someone who was far away from God and to bring them close to God. That's what it means. Jesus says, we're gonna take people who were far from God and we're gonna help them stay close to God by doing this. We're gonna give them the word. 
We've been in a season at our church called the Pentecost Challenge. Next Sunday, May 31, is Pentecost Sunday. It celebrates the, the season when the Spirit of God fell and inhabited the hearts of men so that the presence of God that dwelled in the temple would now dwell in people because of Jesus and His Holy Spirit. We've been asking people to read one chapter of Scripture a day, Monday through Friday, two chapters of Scripture on Saturday and Sunday in the book of Luke and in the book of Acts, the stories of Jesus and His church. And we've been asking them to answer two questions as they read. What do I see about Jesus or learn about Jesus in his church as I read and how does that make me want to worship Jesus as I read Luke 1 as I read Acts 12 as I read Acts 23 what do I see what do I learn about Jesus and how does that make me want to worship Jesus we've actually almost every day in the month of May been unpacking these truths together hundreds of people on Facebook and what we're calling daily prayer at noon Monday through Saturday on Facebook if you haven't been been able to be a part of this journey yet jump in this week jump on Facebook tomorrow at noon and begin to see how to look into scripture how to find Jesus how to follow Jesus you say why why is that so important because the author of Hebrews says don't just draw close to God stay close to God. And you say, how do you stay close to God? Jesus says, you've got to hold tightly to him. And Hebrews 10, 23, the author will say in lettuce number two, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold on tight because he who promised is faithful. He'll do his part. If you will hold on tight and do your part, Jesus will do his part. Now, this verse, Hebrews 10, 23, is a really interesting verse. It's actually a massively challenging verse because here's what we learned from Hebrews 10, 23. You need to make your life match your words. That's what Hebrews 10, 23 is saying. If you break it apart, Hebrews 10, 23 is saying, hey, when it comes to drawing near to God, you should make your life match your words because watch how the author of Hebrews lays this out. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. He says, let's actually do what we say we do. Let's hold on tight to Jesus like we say we do. Let's make our words match our life. Let's hold on tight, not drifting to the right or to the left. Let's hold on tight like we say we do. Why? Because in the second part of verse 23, he who promised is faithful. Jesus is doing his part. You do your part. Let's make our life match our words. We say that we hold on tight through Jesus. Hey, let's actually do that because Jesus does his part. Danielle and I um, met a guy last weekend who we found out went to, went to school in the Blue Valley School District with a, a bunch of kids that were in our student ministry nearly 20 years ago. And we, we just had a great time talking through all these people that he knew both at his school and then at Kansas University because he just, he was, he was there in the generation that I was a student pastor in Kansas. Um, and we realized while we were talking to him, he, he was young, but he had this massive scar running from kind of his hairline down to behind his ear. You could tell he had had serious, serious brain surgery at one point in time. And, and we didn't want to ask, we didn't want to embarrass him in any way. But through the course of conversation, he actually said, you know, a, a year ago, about a year ago, I, di- I almost died. Um, he said, I bought a, a dirt bike for my, my teenage stepson. And he said, I drove it a few houses down the road um, to get it serviced, to get the oil changed, to just get some spark plugs changed, to get it updated. And he said, on the way home, I didn't have a helmet because I was just driving it down the street. He said a construction company had been doing some work and they left a big pile of gravel in the road that I didn't see. And when I hit it, 
the bike slipped out from underneath me. I went headfirst into the road. And he said, I've spent the last 10 months in a hospital in Nebraska learning how to talk, learning how to walk, learning how to write. Uh, I'm really, really lucky to be alive. He said the surgery they had to do to keep me alive was unbelievable. And he said they just settled the lawsuit with the company for leaving all the gravel on the road. And as I thought about his story, and I thought about Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope. As I thought about staying close to God, I thought, man, there, there's a lot of gravel on the road of life when it comes to following Jesus. Man, there's a lot of gravel on the road that, that just kind of shakes the direction of our path following Jesus. Let, let, me, let me tell you what is a big gravel pile on our walk to Jesus, the coronavirus, COVID-19, quarantine season trying to watch church with your kids running around the house or choosing just not, you know, not to do church until church is open again. Those are all things that can make you drift from the right to the left. But the author of Hebrews says, let's make our life match our words. We profess to follow Jesus. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's, let's hold up our end of the bargain because he is holding up his. Let us, number one, Let's draw near to God. Let us, number two, let's stay close to God. You say, man, I really want to do that. It's really hard. How do I do that? Let us, number three, let us, let us, let us accomplish the plan of God by living in spiritual community. You say, man, I I want to draw near to God, or I have in my past drawn near to God. It's hard to stay close to God. Sure is. It's easy to swerve. You say, how do I stay close to God? The way to stay close to God, the way to accomplish God's plan in your life and staying close to him is by living in spiritual community. Now, here's what I have learned the last 12 weeks of life. And, and I want to be honest. My prayer right now is that some of you are getting ready to be touched by the Holy Spirit in your heart to say that's you. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I want to make that real, real clear. This is intended to make some of you squirm a little bit because it's absolutely true of some of you who are watching this message right now. There are a lot of people in our church who the coronavirus quarantine is just a physical picture of their spiritual reality. Because here's the truth. They started socially distancing in March, but they started spiritually distancing years ago. And they said no one within six feet. Um, No small groups, or if small groups, no authenticity in small group, Um, no serving, uh, no phone calls, uh, no rebuke, no correction, no challenge. No pushback, no prayers. Um, I'm good. I don't. I don't. I don't need anyone. Social distancing. That was that was a thing that that happened in March. Spiritual distancing. For those of you who have that, you probably know exactly when it started, because probably it was a conscious choice. And in this season, you've not been able to leave your house. But the reality is, you've not left your spiritual house or invited anyone into your spiritual house in a really, really long time. That's not good for you spiritually, but can I be honest? I mean, can we just throw this out? Like, that's kind of who we are. That's kind of how we live life. You say, why is that? Because we're Americans, and that's the way Americans do things. I read an article this week that had a quote by a professor from MIT, and it said, it's always been the orientation of America compared to other countries to put a priority on individual freedom and liberty. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, is really all about me and I don't need anyone else. The author of the article went on to say, American individualism is a national value. We defend our freedoms fiercely. We bark in the face of fear. We don't like being told what to do. We're Americans. That's the American way 
Our individualistic identity is global. We're Americans, and we don't need any help. And we don't need anyone to tell us what to do. And when that carries over into the church, what that, ha- what, what, what that means is we don't have anyone to help us stay close to Jesus the way Jesus said spiritual community is supposed to stay close to Jesus. I actually heard someone say that we should change the name of our country from USA to me-S-A. Because there are very few people when they think about anything in life that start with you. Most start with me. And a lot of people, social distancing, new. Spiritual distancing, they've been doing that for a long, long time. Because they live in me-S-A. And, and either they don't need it, or they don't want it, or they're not willing to be accountable to it. And the reality is that holds you back spiritually. It holds you back spiritually because the author of Hebrews tells us one of the ways we stay close to God is by engaging in spiritual community. But watch what spiritual community does. In Hebrews 10.24, the author says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. You should underline that. This word spur is a very, very interesting word. When, when we hear spurs in like the Midwest, we probably think of spurs on, a cow, uh, you know, on, on cowboy boots that, that get the horse going. But the word spur in the Greek language is the word proximus. It means to incite, to stimulate, to provoke, to move. It's what you do on social media, right? I mean, a, a, a lot of social media is meant to provoke. It's meant to incite Um, it's meant to stimulate, it's meant to move. But the author of Hebrews says spiritual community spurs you. It paroxysmus you. You know, paroxysmal is a medical term. If you have a, a proximal event medically, it means that you have a sudden onset of intensity in the symptoms that you have. It's an intensification of whatever is going on in you. A proximal event is when all of your symptoms suddenly begin to intensify. And what the author of Hebrews is telling us is if you want, if you want the parts of your faith that you live with to grow in intensity, if you want a sudden burst of energy in who God has created you to be and what God has created you to do. You have to live in spiritual community because spiritual community, healthy spiritual communities, going to help us accomplish four things in our life. They're all listed in verses 24, 25. Let's read them. Let's see them. Let's talk about them quickly. What are they? Verses 24 and 25. Let us consider, let us number three, let us consider how we may spur, provoke, motivate, stimulate, move each other. In what ways? Towards love, towards good deeds, towards not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, coronavirus, Rome, tough conditions in the Middle East, you, you name it, this was their time, ours is different. Don't give up meeting together as some are doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Four things the spiritual community does. Four intensities that they bring to our life. What are they? Number one, spiritual community intensifies our love for God and our love for others. I had an opportunity to meet with one of our uh, middle school small group leaders this week. And I sat down and said, hey man, t- tell me why you want to meet. What's, what's the purpose of our meeting? What do you hope to accomplish out of this? And he said, man, as iron sharpens iron, I want to go away stronger and I want you to be stronger because we've met together. And I don't know if I made him feel better, but by the time I got done with an hour with him, I was ready to run through a wall. I was ready to be in the sixth grade small group at our church because of the serving, the Bible reading program, the community. Like this, this small group leader fired me up spiritually. The Bible said it would happen. I shouldn't have been surprised 
But I was so glad that my love for God and others was intensified by being in spiritual community. What else? Number two, spiritual community intensifies how we serve God and how we serve others. At our church, we're always pressing towards one of four goals, that you would know God, that you would be spiritually transformed, that you would discover your purpose, and that you would go make a difference. That's, that's our hope. That's our goal. We believe that's the pathway of discipleship. Know God, be transformed in your heart and life so you look like more like Jesus than you used to. Discover your purpose and then go make a difference and make God known by what you're gifted to do. We believe spiritual community fast forwards that process in your life. What else? Number three, spiritual community intensifies our commitments to meet with God and to meet with others. Spiritual community builds something in our heart that wants more spiritual community. Can I say this to you? Would, like, would you give me like just 90 seconds to share my heart? I cannot tell you how much I miss being in church together. Like there are no words, no illustrations, no pictures, no verses that I could give you to tell you the longing that I have in my heart to preach to you personally and not through a camera. I'm glad we get to do this. It's better than doing nothing. But, I, but I'm dying on the inside for community. I can't wait. I miss you all so much. I love you all so much. I can't wait to be back together with you. And it's because of all the times we've already experienced together that has built in me a longing to do it more because when I leave, I'm not just filled relationally, I'm filled spiritually because of what happens when we all get together and we worship and we study the word and we allow the Holy Spirit to wash over our heart and and redirect our lives. I I miss y'all so much. I cannot wait to be back together. For some of you, June 7, for some that, that would feel unsafe, for some with young kids, for some who are older, it might be a longer time, but I'm telling you, I'm gonna be here when you come back and I can't wait to be together because I believe, number three, that spiritual community intensifies our commitment to meet with God and to meet with others. And then number four, spiritual community intensifies our encouragement from God and others. Spiritual community doesn't just encourage us, it like supersizes the encouragement that we receive from God and from others. So there's a, uh, a, um, there's a firm that does studies called Healthy Trends. It studies the health of people all over the world. And they did one in America uh, by studying Twitter in April. Maybe, maybe you've seen it. Uh, they looked at over a million tweets from Americans locked down in coronavirus in the month of April. Um, and they researched where states were on how often they talked about depression and anxiety. And then they ranked states based on what, what were the most depressed states in America, the most anxious states, the most emotionally unhealthy states in America based on this study. And did you know that Missouri was number two? Number two. Michigan was number one. I grew up in Ohio. I've always thought Michigan was a depressing place because of that. So that makes sense to me. But Missouri's like, Missouri? No, that's, that's where we live. You say, what about Kansas? It was number 10. But I think that's because so many people in Western Kansas don't have the Twitter yet. So they're, they're, still, they're still catching up with the internet and everything that's going on. I wish you could be here to hear people laughing behind the cameras. I'm laughing. I hope you're laughing. Um, Missouri was number two. Read an article, USA Today. USA Today is telling our world, hey, you want to know where all the depressed people who need encouragement are? They're in Missouri. And the Bible's telling us, you want to know how to encourage them? Live in spiritual community. Live in spiritual community. We're taking the knowledge that we're receiving real time. We're taking the challenge of Scripture. Next week, our entire message is on how to encourage one another. If you say, man, if that's true, 
I need to encourage people. Christian, how do I encourage one another? Next week, our entire message is on how to encourage one another. Draw near to God. Stay close to God. Live in community so you can intensify spiritually. Say, why is this important? Why is it important? You know why it's important? Because one day you're going to stand before God. I find it interesting that after this kind of spiritual pep talk in Hebrews 10, just six verses down, the author of Hebrews says, here's why this is so really, really important. Because it's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And one day, you're going to appear before God, and I'm going to appear before God. The question is, on this day, are you getting ready for that? One day, you're going to appear before God, and I'm going to appear before God. And the author of Hebrews said, man, it would be a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God without having drawn near to God, without having stayed close to God, without having been in spiritual community that helps you and allows you to help others. But if we do those things, there's hope. Hebrews 10.36, as he continues down, he says, persevere. Why? Why is this so important? Because it, when you've, so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he's promised. He said, here's why it's important to draw near to God, stay close to God, live in spiritual community, because one day you're going to stand before God. But if you do those things, you will receive what God has promised. Journey, our goal this Sunday and every Sunday is that you draw near to God, that you would stay close to God. You say, I want to do that. How do I do that? You have to live in spiritual community and you have to choose it. We can't force it. We can't choose for you. You have to choose. You got, you got to choose to stop spiritual distancing and open up your life and your heart and your home to other people. You got to choose it. Draw near to God. Stay close to God. Live in spiritual community so you can be who God has created you to be. Will you do that? I want to close today with the benediction that the author of Hebrews closed his message with because when I read it, I thought, man, that's just perfect. How do we close a message like this? It's his message, not mine, so I'll let him close it the way he wants to. He said, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, may that God equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. May the God of peace, who raised Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, may that God equip you, work in you, be with you, allow you to draw near to him, stay close to him, and help others and be helped by others because of what we're learning. Don't give up meeting together. Some are doing it. You consider how you might spur one another on to stay close to Jesus. Would you pray with me today? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed, but hearts are open. If you're praying with me today and you do not know Jesus, the curtain has been opened for you. The way to God has been opened for you. The presence of God is available to you. All you have to do is take Jesus' hand and walk through that spiritual temple, asking for cleansing from your sin, asking for payment for your sin on the cross, asking to forgive you, and then to die the death that you should have died because of your sin, asking to cleanse you from everything you've done and to create a brand new person inside you, asking to sustain you, 
and to walk you right in mercy to the presence of God so that the presence of God that dwelled in the temple could draw now could live in your heart if you've never done that just pray with me today just right where you are heads bowed eyes closed but hearts open you don't have to pray it out loud just from your heart to God pray this God I want your presence in my life I choose to take Jesus hand I ask for your cleansing from my sin thank you for paying the price for my sin thank you for your direction in my life in your connection to God eternally today by faith which means I don't understand it all but I'm willing to trust it today by faith I say yes to following Jesus make me a new person from the inside out help me to follow you well as the leader of my life God thank you that we can draw close to you through Jesus thank you that we can stay close to you through your word thank you that Lord we can intensify the intimacy of our relationship through spiritual community. God, for the Christians watching today who have drawn near to you, help them to stay close to you. Help them to make their life match their words. They profess that they follow you. Let them do that. Let them get in the word. Let them stay close to you. And let us choose spiritual community so that we might know you, so that we might be transformed, so that we might discover our gifting and make a difference in the world that will help others know you and experience your love. That's our prayer. And God, we ask it today in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen and amen and amen. Go God. I don't know about you. I like that message. I like the truth of that message. I like living the truth of that message. I like preaching that message. I like saying bad things about Michigan. I liked everything about it. Hey, if you're brand new today, we want to know that you tuned in. And listen, if you live in Kansas City, we hope to see you June 7 or sometime in June. All you got to do is fill out a connection card to let us know that you were here. You can get that by grabbing your phone and dialing 474747 or punching in the buttons, however you do that. Um, two words, Journey Connect. 4747 is the number you're texting. Two words in the, in the subject line, Journey Connect. We'll send you a connect card so you can fill it out. Um, if you need prayer, this is how you get it. If you need help financially in any areas, this is how you get it. Um, If you have any spiritual questions, this is how you get those answered. If you made a spiritual decision or you want to take some next steps spiritually, this is how you tell us we would be honored. Um, If you would reach out to us and let us know that you're here. Um, Probably, by the way, for a long time, we're going to be using these Journey Connect cards. We won't hand out a lot of paper and pens when you first come back in the building. So get used to using that phone. And when you need us, texting this number to let us know how we can serve you. Uh, for those of you who are giving, thank you. Three ways to give online. Take the journey backslash dot cc backslash give. Um, you can text to give. Again, they'll send you a job form. Uh, you can uh, give through our app or you can send a check in the mail. For those of you who have kept your giving going in this season or started giving you, like I can't say thank you enough. Thank you for helping our church be postured to do great ministry all summer long. Um, and then finally, today at noon, our reopening plan, takethejourney.cc slash reopening. We'll give our plan as of today, March 24. We'll update that again, uh, or, or May 24th. We'll update it again on May 31. You will not be able to register for a service until the afternoon of Sunday, May 31, because we're hoping the capacities and the numbers that we can have will expand, which will allow, you know, the 
the number of people who can register to expand a little bit. So May 31, you'll be able to say, this is a service that I'm going to attend. Um, we want you to pick your service, pick your environment, be patient with us, be gracious with us, and let's figure out how to reopen church together. I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. I know it's going to be different, but I hope it's a really, really good one for you. Um, two weeks from today, my gosh, some of us are going to be together. I'm so, so happy. For those of you who can't come yet because we don't have childcare, you, you might be sick, you just don't feel comfortable, keep watching online. We'll keep our online product targeted towards you. We see you. We love you. We want to serve you. We'll keep coming to you every Sunday. And together, we'll just keep walking through this thing. Hey, draw near to God. Stay close to God. Find some spiritual community. I hope you have a great week. Ken and the team are going to close us with some worship. So as they come today, crank up that TV, sit back, let the team worship over you or stand right where you are and worship over them. And we will see you next Sunday. Remember, no Monday morning prayer. So we'll see you next Sunday, May 31.